He's too strong with a matter. He's gonna ready act to blood. Can't you swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there's only part of me. Episode 158 for November 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and then go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on the Spider-Man Complete Ben Riley Epic Book Number 3. In this one, Ben faces carnage and Peter loses his powers, and it reprints a lot of books. It has Amazing Spider-Man 409 to 410, Sensational Spidey 2 to 3, Spec Spidey 231 to 233, The Adjectiveless Spider-Man 66 and 67, The Final Adventure of Spider-Man number 1 to 4, Spider-Man Team-Up number 2, and Spider-Man Unlimited number 11. Anyway, the cover price, 40 bucks. Mail order has it for just $24.79, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, Webheads, to our November edition of the show. Let's see who's on the panel for this episode. We've got JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. JR, did you have a good Halloween? Uh, well, I... Yes, uh, I suppose until I until I woke up and saw this rather hideous monster uh, looking at me uh, in my bed. Uh, but then I realized <laughs> that uh, oh, that's my wife. So uh, <laughs> wow, you know. And we have uh, Kevin from the Crawlspace webcomic update on that thing. When are we getting an update? Um, actually, I was really trying. Wanting to get the annual out for like a Halloween special thing, but I'm just too damn busy. So uh, I want to get out soon. Well, you're out. You're off on the summer, right? Uh, n- no. Oh, well, mm-hmm. the odds of him getting an issue out and George getting lucky—I mean, Jr. getting lucky. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Are about the same. Oh, screw it, George too. Uh, George, no. we have <laughs> on the line. Uh, from he's an administrator on a message board and uh, from the Fight Club. Welcome, George. <laughs> Thank you. And your odds of getting lucky are better than the other. You two. know what? You know what? Go f yourself, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, jackass. Yeah, so, <laughs> this bird. Um, anyway, <laughs> and we have Zach from SpideyDude.com. We need an update on your website, sir. Oh. Uh, I've been busy with school. It's 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 those those evil school administrators' fault. That's uh, <clears throat> a hope you are. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get rolling probably here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I was always kind of pushing things back towards November. So, uh, but yeah, we'll definitely start getting hit the ground running before in in uh, preparation for the Scarlet Spider titles. So. And that sound you hear besides Spidey Dude is a beer cooler. Is that what? It is the beer cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm actually uh, don't don't tell anybody, but I'm actually at work right now. <laughs> and just a few thousand people listen to this show every month. Is yeah, that right? yeah, I'm, I'm at work right <laughs> now. Boss in one of them, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, trust me. But let's uh, tackle <laughs> iTunes reviews first off. We've gotten a couple uh, new ones posted, and also I found a way to read ones from different countries. So we're going to try that just a little bit too. Oh, God oh, help wow. us. <laughs> 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 the first one uh, from Fancy Dan's Little Pants. Love that. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've already read that one before. That was. The I most thought common. I recognized that hilarious name. <laughs> Sorry, Fancy Dan's Little Pants. Um, you don't get to. This is uh, Mr. Mutant, posted on October 28th. He goes, uh, well, the subject is great, but please stop the music. However, that gave him five out of five stars. Uh, he says... 
I love the show. Views on Spider-Man from old and newer fans alike. Make this a special podcast, very professionally done. Also, except one thing. Sorry, that was my Batman. Uh, please, please stop the music once the show starts. Having the host talk over the music playing lightly in the background for two or three minutes is so distracting and just plain weird. Also, I'm a Spider-Man reader for almost 40 years, and I finally decided to quit the book after the awful lizard arc. Man, that was horrible. Yeah. I then we'll get a lot of deltas off that one. I then yeah. waited. For... <laughs> oh, <we did. laughs> I then waited for my subscription to run out a few weeks later. I feel I gave Brand New Day a more than fair shot. I love hearing the reviews, so I can I can keep up on the story and also keep reminding myself why why I dropped the title and keep me from returning to the guy in the Spider-Man outfit that they claim is Peter Parker, but whom I don't recognize. You turned me on to some other podcasts I also like, like the Clone Saga podcast, and I also enjoy the hosts on their own level. Keep up all the good work except the intro music problems, and you have a listener for as long as you keep this going. P.S. I'm an extremely handsome, intelligent person who makes this review more accurate. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Fancy Dance Pants. Yes. Thank you, Fancy Dance. I thought that was Mr. Mutant. Yeah, that is you know, that, Mr. Mutant, dude. That, that Mr. Mutant, also, just a shout-out to Mr. Fancy Dan. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Mutant. Uh, I will try to lower the audio levels on... Uh, I just I just like blending music and audio. It, it happens in radio shows. Yeah. You listen to any talk radio show, they blend the music when the guests start, first come on. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's very just, jarring to just stop the music and start the talking... Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I, I do lower the levels. I guess I'll lower them a little bit more for you. I think he's saying but, like if it could like if, if we could talk over it for like the first like, you know, fifteen or twenty seconds, seconds. just have it fade out gradually behind the end instead of playing. Fine, no. I understand. I, I will do that for you. And there's the beer. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, guys. <laughs> I'm trying. If you're to gonna do that. You got to offer us all a beer. Uh, you know what? You come down in Texas. I will get you. I will get you beer. I'm gonna I will get you checked as beer. Let's let's just call the beer cooler our, our new panelist. That's what we do. That's what we hand we're out lacking. for Halloween. We hand out beer. We don't hand out mm-hmm. candy. Since Sorry. we're lacking Tony and Bailey, we replaced both of them with a the beer cooler. <laughs> yes. God. <laughs> Which one of them's inside? <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, next up, iTunes review a somewhat friendly neighborhood podcast. Three out of five stars. This one's written by Olympic Flash, or Olympic Clash, sorry. Uh, using the crawl space review format, the cons, the negative spewed towards Amazing Spider-Man and certain people marveled by, quote, the gang in recent years often feels unwarranted, a bit much, and at times just plain unfair. Most of the panelists seem more preoccupied with making each other laugh, using snarky comments and dirty jokes, and giving a professional and fair review while others sound like they'd rather be doing anything else than the show that they're on. Dang. Wow, that's scathing. <laughs> that's wow. probably me. And he gave, us, he gave us three stars? <laughs> yeah, this... Uh, oh, I guess it's negative three. Sorry. Oh, no, it's just three. Are, are there pros? <laughs> just oh, yeah. We're, we're, no, no, we're... The pros is one sentence. No, two sentences. Uh, pros, you won't find a more comprehensive podcast in all things Spidey than right here. Well, there's pro. There you go. The other pro, Brad Douglas, is a great host, and his love for the character is quite evident. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, that explains Yeah, but you know what? That, this, is, yeah. this is like, this is like uh, my mom telling me I'm her favorite kid. I'm her only kid. <laughs> you know? There you go. As overall, I give the impression that all of the hosts used to love Spider-Man, but I really feel like they still love Spider-Man. Grade C+. Well, back in my college days, I'm passing, baby. Hey, that sounds like, <laughs> like my grades this semester. Oh, poor bastard. Uh, <laughs> Any comments for that one before we go across the pond or go up north? Uh, yeah. it's, it's not it's not, not understandable. I mean, I, I can see where he's coming from, and it does suck that so much, so many of us hate what's going on, but uh, I don't really consider that my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I try. If, if, you know, we we talked about this before, but we call it like we see it. If a book we don't like it. We're not going to sugarcoat it. But I think it's I, – I agree our love of Spider-Man is quite evident. I mean, yeah. why in the hell are we on a show every month talking about Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. I mean – clearly, <sighs> All if, right. if they're not enjoying the books, obviously, you know, people – panelists are willing to step down as evidenced by last month. So yeah, still, still left because she didn't like the books. Yeah. It wasn't because of Zach or anything else. Or the beer cooler. 
<laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, this is a, a thing I'm going to try uh, next time yeah. when we read iTunes. <laughs> if, if you uh, go to iTunes and you scroll all the way to the bottom and you hit Change Country, you can read where other people are reviewing your podcast. And I just learned that. I, I don't know how I found that, but I, I think it's kind of neat because there's tons more reviews about the show that I didn't even know about. Oh, Lord God. This one is from Comic Crow. Well, actually, we're going up to Canada. And this is from Comic Crow. Uh, five out of five stars. Best Spider-Man debate and in-depth discussion sat- saturated with humor. Being a, And bacon. And being a huge <laughs> fan of all things Spider-Man, this is the first podcast I ever heard and and the one I follow religiously. The panel consists of a great bunch of characters that belong to a comic that belong in a comic book themselves. It's the most in-depth analysis of Spider-Man I've ever heard anywhere. While listening, I have had a microphone. While listening, I wish I had a microphone and could throw in my own comments, rebuttals, and crazy one-liners. This podcast has it all. Interviews with special guests, reviews of Spider-Man comics, video games, recommendations, and everything in between. Fantastic work, everyone. Thanks for all your hard work and the love that goes into putting on the crawl space. Keep up the good work. So until they write... Aunt May as a prostitute, wow. and begin a vermin clone saga. Make my crossfit. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Jr. Vermin clone saga in that the uh, your hell. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about the uh, if we got too many scenes of Aunt May sleeping with other old guys. I think the Aunt May as a prostitute thing may uh, may not have been too far from being done. <laughs> don't yeah. get this lot ideas. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> JGC21 from Canada, Crawl Space Podcast Review, five out of five stars. Hey, Brad, just wanted to send a note your way about how much I've had, how much fun I've had listening to the Crawl Space Podcast over the years. I turned in at the start of brand new day and have enjoyed the podcast ever since. I love how diverse the opinions are and never know what to expect from the show. Keep up the good work and good luck getting the Spider Friends together. That's the show I'm looking forward to. Jason, JGC on the board. So thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. And the last one from Canada. We only have three Canada reviews. This one is oh, from Sar- Canada. Sarcasmic Canadian. Amazing is a subject title. Five out of five stars. And the beer cooler has been opened and closed. I just heard it. <laughs> Dude, are you drinking the company hooch, Joiner? <laughs> no, it's so windy around here that the doors are flying open. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Good thing it's not a video podcast. I like the <laughs> podcast, PD. Uh, seriously, you guys brought me back to Spider-Man with your obvious love for the character and hilarious. Would they be mannerisms? The way you guys interact is amusing to hysterical at times, and I love the va- varied opinions on the panel and the qualities each one of you bring to the tables. Brad's charisma. Oh, yeah. Brad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Maybe I got charisma up my wahoo. Uh, anyway, uh, Stella's intelligence. She was so smart she left the show. <laughs> <laughs> JR's encyclopedia or of knowledge. There you go. You're, you're funkin' Wagnalls. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's terms. Kevin, you have terms. I have terms. Kevin's terms. Terms of endearment? And, I no, guess. No, no, like, like command. Uh, prison ass and... Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey's unmatched podcast skills. How does he do it? And George's wit... And Zach's love for one of the darkest times in Spider-Man comics. Oh, God, no doubt. <laughs> Sarcasmic, Canadian. You're all right, my book. Thank you very much. Anybody says I have charisma, I like it. <laughs> all right. Again, if you want to leave an iTunes reviews, type in Spider-Man in your iTunes and scroll down the podcast, and you'll right currently you'll see George in a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tackling message board questions. Sarcasmic. Oh, that's ironic. Sarcasmic, <laughs> again. Uh, my big questions are podcast-related, and for Brad mainly, and anyone else who wants to answer. Cough, Bailey, cough. Yeah, Bailey's coughing at work. Yeah. And so, at the length. He's not cool enough to be doing this show at work like me. <laughs> He's a manager. Uh, to Brad. <laughs> and, uh, Get off the phone, douchebag. <laughs> To Brad and others, because I'd love to hear you guys chime in. Who do you think will take over Crawl Space when your time is done? <laughs> will Ava be leading the pack, or maybe a co-host by the name of Spencer? Or will young La- or young lackey Zach will be taking over <laughs> once you guys are old and gray? Will Bailey become one of the heads on Futurama for the sole purpose of podcast greatness? 
Nope. George, answer that for me. <laughs> um, well, I know that I'll be replaced by Jonah Hill. I've already inked that deal. Um, <laughs> I, I think, Brad, Brad, I think you're actually uh, – I think you're going to be replaced by um, by Bob Newhart. Oh, no, God. no, I, I got a better one. Rich Eisen. He's the uh, NFL Yeah, who the network. hell is that? You know who – Rich Eisen? He's the uh, no. coach. What? What? Huh. Okay, so moving on. Okay, um, the beer cooler is now talking to Zach. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I who knows what will happen when I get old? Um, who knows if we'll even have an internet by the time I'm eighty or ninety? Can you? Yeah, because that really? that fad may totally blow over. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? There may be some young kid that says, "You know what? I love Spider-Man because I can't give it to I can't give it to Kevin." Why not? You're only, what, ten years younger than I am, right? Ish. Uh, ish yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I'll be 90, Kevin will be 80. Both of us will be on the toilet so long we won't have time to do these podcast things. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, what a way to start the I'm show. sad I woke uh, up today. <laughs> anyway, t- okay, another one to me. Uh, how do you decide who you add to the show? Uh, have you ever thought about getting people more... Sp- specialized in other fields like movies, television, technology, and review specialists. Review specialists? Someone's trying to get on the show. <laughs> uh, it didn't work for Bertoni. It's probably not going to work for you. Yeah, no, uh, Bertoni had compromising pictures of Brad with a Miss Piggy doll. <laughs> yeah, but who doesn't? Sweet. Yeah. Uh, how do I pick who gets on the show? Well, first you have to be my friend. And then you have to pay me, and <laughs> no, no, you gotta have, you gotta be able to broadcast, you gotta be able to talk, you can't be mute, you gotta be funny. Uh, well, why the got, hell do I we got... have Zach on? Well, that's... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Thanks, George. I love you too. <laughs> but at this time, we're not looking to expand anymore, unless all you guys say screw it. I'm going to the Batman show. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I expand anymore, Jack. I'm gonna need new pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. TNR one oh five from Gotham City. Uh speaking of Batman. How was Halloween with Ava B D? Was she anything spider related this year? Nope. She was a little Dalmatian. Uh what the hell are you doing up there, Missouri Brad? I tell you what. Well her first year she was Spider Girl. And um this year she was a Dalmatian. My stepdaughter was a fire person. I guess you can't say fireman. She was a firewoman. What does that mean? You, like you threw some oily rags on her and set her on set her ablaze? What is? <laughs> no, she had a fireman's outfit and she had a. Hat. Oh, a fire! Oh, okay, a firefighter. Fire fi- no, a firefighter. That was. I thought you mean like yeah, she's like a she's like a walking match or something. <laughs> 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 How the hell do you pull that off? What is that? She's, she's yeah, the yeah, Human I, Torch female stuff. Yeah, I did, I did see one of the cutest was a baby Hulk, which was so Aww. cute. Jr. What could or should be done to make Spider-Man fun again? Uh, well, I'm kind of going, maybe going to go a little against the grain here and say that actually some of that stuff has been taking place with the so-called end of Brand New Day and Slot taking over on big time because, you know, Peter stopped being a, a stupid, creepy loser, uh, to use Morb's term, and uh, he, had got, he got a decent job. They got rid of uh, two of the most negative, dis- aggravating characters in the Gonzalez twins. Um <laughs> You know they uh, so and 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 I think the humors I think you know the, I think you know there's been a little bit more humor in the uh, in the, the the series as well so I mean I think they've come part of the way back but part of the what the thing is there still is a pall hanging over the the series as long as Peter and Mary Jane are not together it it just is it is just this oppressive weight that's hanging over the series the relationship with Carly's not taking off and and this is another thing i mean people can't i mean people need to have somebody out there needs to have a normal relationship you know i mean harry's now divorced from liz and he was screwing lily and you know peter's you know doing whatever peter's doing you know hanging with hanging with carly who's got to be one of the most boring girlfriends around jonah's wife gets killed you know i you know i actually like to see somebody start having you know something something that resembles a happy life uh rather than this you know constant misery and soap opera stuff well, uh, and and and, and uh, his dad. 
they shipped him off to what, yeah, and then they shipped him off to Boston, and Aunt May is holding Boston. Yeah, and then Aunt May is holding Peter responsible for events that happened fifteen and sixteen years ago, and he's like, "Hey, you left fifteen and sixteen years ago," you know. Uh, it's like, oh, what the hell? Uh, mm-hmm. And also, we need to stop having events where the heroes are pushed to their limits, and nothing will ever be the same again. <laughs> So, so it's Kevin, a list, right, Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, one of the reasons I love Kyle Rayner was that he had one of the greatest powers in the DC universe, but was grounded was a grounded everyman. Now that he is no longer Earthbound and leading a team full of aliens, do you think the character is losing some of his appeal? Uh, I thought he did when they first moved him off of Earth when he joined the Green Lantern Corps title. I thought they were really kind of fundamentally misunderstanding. Uh, the appeal of the character, but I will say I've only read the first issue of Green Lantern New Guardians, his new book in the DC New 52, um, and really liked it. Um, I feel like Tony Better really loves the character, and he <laughs> kind of gets what we're saying and is trying to bring him back, even though he's leading a team of aliens. I think he might be able to strike that feel, so uh, my hopes are high. We'll see where it goes. Zack, it's been revealed Kane now has organic webbing and stingers like Peter used to before uh, one more day. What are your thoughts on this? Um, it's consistent with the, the fact that he is uh, a clone of Peter, so uh, yeah. I have no really big major issues about it. Yeah. Kind of expected. The but stingers were cool. Does Peter still have the stingers? I don't. I don't think so. I think something happened that. Yeah, it's called one more day. Well, like the, well, something else uh, <laughs> behind the scenes in that little gap, you know, that hundred days where, where there wasn't right. there wasn't a uh, appearance of, of Spidey. So I I don't know. I mean, it's a story that's yet to be told. Okay, George. Now that Carly is gone, what are your hopes, if any, for a Peter MJ reunion? Obviously, the marriage is gone, but what about a committed relationship? Uh, whatever. I don't I don't trust the current team to handle it correctly at all, or to even know how to begin to tell that story. Um, so it, it does, it, it's, they're, to me, they're still married. They, you know, it's, so that's what the book's missing. That's one, of the, that's one of the many things the book is missing. So I don't, I'm kind of neutral on it. I'm, I guess they're moving there, finally, uh, to try to get back some of the people who are gone and who are like Carly Lall. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think this is going to bring as many people back as they think. Right. First Zach, of all, can you turn I'm sorry. First of all, Carly's not gone. Uh, if you uh, yeah. the preview issue when they show the preview pages for issue number six seventy four, there she yeah. is, front and center. Yeah. Zach, can you turn your TV down, please? TV down. Yes. Sorry. Commercials. <laughs> Stupid commercials. I, I texted you in the window. Oh. Uh, he, never, okay. he never looks at that. I know. Morick from oh, Good Lord Helsingborg. Sweet, is that Sweden? Yes. Okay. Hey guys, love the show. I have a question for the entire group. Has there ever been something in a comic that completely takes you out of the story? I'll il- illustrate what I mean. Recently in Avengers and Fear Itself, the Red Skull has been hiding in a castle in my hometown of Helsingborg. It uh, completely blew my mind that evidently the Red Skull and his Nazis were hiding and operating from my hometown during the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> have any of you ever experienced something like that? There was an issue of the Fantastic Four that the Hulk fought... The- or the thing fought the Hulk on top of the arch. I thought that was kind of cool. It didn't take me out of it. I'm just like, whoa! I know where that is. Anybody else? The uh, yeah, uh, the X Men uh, and Spider Man um, encountered a uh, flying Pegasus mutant at the uh, State Fair of Texas back in the <laughs> '80s when I was a kid. And then they also <laughs> were in Texas Stadium, uh, so that was that was quite funny. They thought Big Texas was way bigger than Big Tex actually is, which was kind of cool. The- this isn't comic book related, but when I was like five or six, my uh, mom and grandparents took me to uh, Hawaii. And on Sesame Street that year, Big Bird and the crew went to Hawaii, and they were looking for Snuffleupagus Mountain. So all throughout my Hawaiian adventure, I was looking for Snuffleupagus Mountain. <laughs> hey, Brad, speaking of Sesame Street, yeah. when I was yeah. t- the first time my parent or my dad took me to Disney World, we stayed at a Howard Johnson's that was next to Disney World. Right. And you remember Bob and I cannot remember her name, uh-huh. but the gal that was deaf. They were oh. there for something or other, okay? Because we saw were them. Were they a couple? Yes. They... Oh, no, they were a couple, like, outside the show. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, and we saw them at the IHOP. Or not the IHOP, <laughs> but what, what, not the IHOP, but whatever restaurant it was inside the Howard Johnson's, like the little thing. 
and they right. were fighting in sign language. I mean, and they were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there pointing to my dad Linda, and my mom, and I'm, and I'm like, Linda. dude, that's that's Bob and, and and what's your name from Sesame Street? And my mother's Linda. like, that's fine, dear. Eat your bacon. And and, you know, and and I point out, and they are. I, mean, I thought you know, I thought somebody was going to slap somebody. I mean, they were mad. It was the first time I've ever seen somebody argue like that, like angry with sign language. So I'm like, oh lord, they're shouting. <laughs> so that's you know, I thought there was going to be Bob some domestic Linda. abuse wow. there for me. It was it was wow. wild. How do you break up with two people that are arguing in sign language anyway? How do you break that I up? You know? I know. Flip I, them off. I never I'm looked sorry, at Sesame Street the same way again. And then Mr. Hooper died. I mean, it was you know. Oh God, that was everything awful. just came crashing down. My whole life. Anybody else? Died. That's a pretty good question. I like that one. Okay, Venomaniac from Fringe <laughs> Division. Kevin, how does an act, being an actor influence your writing? How does being a writer influence your acting? Uh, an awful lot. I mean, pretty much everything I've learned out here uh, over these three semesters about acting is uh, a lot of it's about story and character and how to keep that consistent and how to drive it and how to make it matter. So all of that stuff definitely goes into my writing. It makes me look back, back at certain things and go, why did I write that? <laughs> JR, is there any area of Spidey's continuity that is grossly underused when it comes to creating stories based on past events? Yeah, who is Joey Z? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we should bring that one up. Uh, you know, I, I thought about that one because, um, uh, you know, one thing I suppose you have to do is, is continuity is a great thing, but you have to avoid continuity porn where uh, you're just telling <laughs> stories to, you know, where you're just telling stories that use continuity because you're not creative enough to think of anything else uh, or you're just hitting the same notes over and over again. Um, for a while, I always thought the Clone Saga was an underused bit of continuity um, because as obviously as dreadful as living through that event was, I mean, it was a major event in Spider-Man's life and Peter's life and Mary Jane's life and the death of Ben Riley had an impact on him and, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, let's not talk about it. Um, Thanks, I Bob. State huh? Thanks, Bob Harris. That's his fault. <laughs> And I always thought the Stacy family had some possibilities uh, as yeah. far as something more could have been done with them. Uh, but you know that all got flushed down the flushed down the toilet when we went to uh, when we rebooted and and then uh, you know things of that nature. So they, they were in the reboot, weren't they? Or was that Jill was um, Arthur yeah. was? But then when Mackie was gone, they were gone too. Exactly. By the way, Jerry, are you going to pick up that Scarlet Spider book? No. No, 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 no love for Kane, huh? <laughs> no, no, no love for Kane, and no love for another three dollars and ninety nine cent comic book. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, let's see, Zach, have you been watching Friends this season? If so, what are your thoughts? Anyone else watching the show that can chime in too? Uh, interesting. Um, it's it's gone in a different route than I thought it would be, but uh, I've overall enjoyed it. I mean, there's just it's one of those shows where. Early on, it's, there's a lot more questions, and they don't start get, to really get answered until later on in the season. And even then, there's still lingering questions that translate from season to season to season. So it's a really well-written show, uh, and it's thoroughly enjoyable. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, George, what spider baddie needs the biggest overhaul, and how would you do it? Well, clearly it's Stegron, uh, and apparently all I have to do is have him kill Dr. Octopus or Kane, and apparently that makes him a legitimate badass. <laughs> uh, BD, if you have to had to if you had to have either Stanley or Steve Ditko come on for an interview, who would it be? I take Ditko because no one's ever had it, and I've already interviewed Stanley, so um, then I'd have to do a story the next day about hell freezing over. No, no I'd love to interview <laughs> Steve Ditko. That'd be awesome. And I, I read the the shooter blog about Ditko. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, even his friends can't take a picture with Steve Ditko at events. Well, Ditko is a, you know he's a lot like me in a lot of ways because you know I'm I'm Native American and you know I mean we probably both believe or he probably believes like I do that if you take a photograph of me it's going to steal my soul. So you believe that, George? No, Brad. There's photos of me all okay. over the place, dude. <laughs> okay, I know. I was going to say. I was going to say. But I would respect that if that was the man's understanding, and I wouldn't take a picture of him. If he was like, "No, please don't photograph me because I'm scared you'll steal my soul like a warlock," I'd be like, "You know what? I respect that, Steve Ditko." All right. And Zach? Huh? You munching on something? Um, Cheetos. Okay. <laughs> Can you probably, do me a favor? That's probably what the mute button's for. <laughs> check check the IM box. 
And uh, when you're not talking, can you mute? Because I can hear the TV really clear, and you're Cheeto chomping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's like with all your background noise, you, we're, on the, we're on the set of Chico and the Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Proto Goblin, no location. To all various villains who have had their looks changed over the years, sometimes for better, sometimes worse. My question is, what are some villain appearance and changes that you actually liked? My personal picks would be the business suit Doc Ock from the 90s and the gas head Mysteria from the Media Blizzard arc in the Clone Saga. I like I like business suit Doc Ock. That's pretty good. The yeah. the, the Neo Matrix Doc Ock was horrible. Mm-hmm. You know what the Doc Ock I like was the one from like the um the mid late 80s where he had on like the like the military lab coat looking look. You know like it was like all, all buttoned down on the one side, you know? Oh, I remember. It yeah. wasn't like the, it wasn't like the tubby guy in tights look. It was like the one right, you know, like the. Like no, it's like Web Five, Web of Spider-Man Five. Yeah, that thing was severe. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. he looked he looked cool in that. Gr, do you like the new Goblin? He he's got more spiky stuff. He's got like a football player outfit. I don't know. Oh, you spiky. mean the Hobgoblin? No, no, the Green Goblin. Oh. The Green Goblin has a new look. Well, he had. Well, we haven't seen him in a while, but he had a new look. Uh, Kind of samurai goblin look, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, kind of indifferent to it, to be honest. Yeah. Anybody else? There's a. Well, it's no surprise who I'll talk about. Um, Morbius. Every time they've updated his look, has been better. They changed him to the sort of uh, leather S and M thing in the '90s, which worked for him then. And then there was a one shot, the Legion of Monsters one shot, that gave him just sort of black pants and a black leather trench coat and nothing else, and it worked really well, but nobody ever picked that up again. And the next time we saw him, he was back to his 70s disco suit. Uh, and they need to stop that. I like that. the 70s disco suit. <laughs> hey, Kevin? Like the, the 70s? Yeah. Hey, Kevin? Are, are, are yeah, you, Joe. as a Morbius fan, secretly terrified that they're going to try to turn him into Twilight or something like an offshoot book? <laughs> well, they seem to be going in a completely different direction with him and the just horrid art I've seen on this new Legion of Monsters miniseries, so we'll find out. Yeah. They, they also gave him thinning hair in the in the Franken, Frankenstein? Or Frankencastle, that's what it was. Yeah, but the less said about a book called Frankencastle, the better. Surprisingly... Not a bad book. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But I just I cannot take it seriously. <laughs> nah, me, me uh, BD, what's the best Spider-Man cliffhanger of all time? Um, well, the day Gwen Stacy died, that was good. Um, you know, that uh, wasn't really a cliffhanger. I mean, she, she gets killed. I know, but <laughs> you got to wonder thing. what's going to happen next. I mean, makes you really want to pick up the book. Yeah. Um... I, I thought it was interesting when he it wasn't even in a Spider-Man book when he revealed his identity in Civil War. I'm like, how the hell did they come out of that? Oh yeah, the deal with the devil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was another one that I just couldn't wait to read? Oh, um, how did the Fire Lord end? With Fire like Lord's two, ass beat to a pulp. I know yeah, that was a that was a back to back story uh, in the middle of it. Like it did, it wasn't really I'm a cliffhanger. Trying to think of between the two, and then when the cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah, in the middle, uh, in the middle, it was just like, oh, I'm coming at you. You're gonna get yours once I find you again. I mean, I it mean, just I never transitioned from childhood. That was one I really, I was like, man, I can't wait till the next issue on that. Because you knew um, you were gonna get another 22 pages of just him beating the shit out of somebody. <laughs> and people dog that story still. Like I saw Dan Slott on his foam spring. Well, dog I, that story. Ex- yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. There you go. I'm not going there. Um, See, as another, uh, hang on. No, let me address that for a minute. Okay. Because I did. I didn't know that. I, I that's the first time I'd heard that. Was it? Is, that's for for real. Dan Slott was. Yeah. He 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 listed his. Uh, spider stories. In okay. Well. Like, okay. Parallel lives and Fire Lord. He says are not very good. Okay, well, the thing about that is, is that part of part of what makes Spider-Man so great is that he doesn't even realize how powerful he is when it's going. Um, to, to Dan Slott, I would point out, you know, Spider-Man's history, which he may or may not be aware of, of the fact that he's beaten the X-Men by himself several times, yeah, not just once, several times. Um, so it's not out of the scope. But this is a guy that that beat Juggernaut. This is someone who's beaten the Hulk before. So the you know him beating Fire Lord, who's already arrogant, it's not that big of a stretch. So he should probably just you know get over it. Two fifty one, where he went into the uh, the Beyonders dome, and then the next issue, um, 
He's got the black suit, etc. That was a good one. How did anyway. it? Uh, how did it hit you originally when you saw the cliffhanger when Ben Riley first shows up on that roof facing Spider-Man? Um. Well, I, I thought it was cool. I mean, I, I uh, that the Clone Saga was from what? What year was that, Zach? Was it seventy-three ish? No, I'm talking about like ninety-four. I know, but I, I wasn't a reader in the early seventies. I'm talking about no, the nineties. I know, so it would have it it had a bigger impact if I read the books back in the 70s and then read them in the 90s. Anyways, Just like, uh, what, 90, 91? 92, at least, I'd say. Yeah. Anyway, JR, mo- cool. moving on. <laughs> what is your personal opinion was the best decade for Spider-Man, and what was the worst? Oh, Lord. I mean, that's that's uh, that question is almost too broad to answer, because if you go through your decades, you'll see good and bad in, in virtually all of them. Uh, I mean, the uh, you know, I, I guess that, you know, my you know, my favorite decade probably would have been the 80s um, for various reasons. I mean, like I've, I've said, you know, many times before, Spider. Peter and I were around the same age at that time, and and uh, you had uh, Roger Stern and Bill Mantlo uh, writing together, uh, r- r- writing the core titles. But that didn't last forever. That didn't last throughout the 80s. And then you know the as the 80s continued, the Hobgoblin mystery got out of control, and the uh, and then David Michelinie started writing Amazing, and and I never really thought of him as one of my. He was never really one of my favorites. Uh, so you know the '80s was both good and bad. Uh, the '90s is is obviously an easy call as far as what was bad, but uh, uh, but then again, you know I think all titles you could say that about. Um, probably the only uh, the only decade that you could probably come up with the most positive and least negative would have been the '60s. Uh, but then that makes it sound like too much. You know, back in my day, you know that kind of crap. So the question really is almost too broad to be answered. <laughs> Kevin, what comic stories do you feel need to be reprinted that haven't been? Kevin? Um, I think the... Uh, yeah, do you hear me? Do you not hear me? I'm here. No, I heard, I'm right there here. There was a pause. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> Where did that come from? Holy cow! <laughs> oh. Sorry. The show. My um, I forgot where I was for a second. <laughs> and here I am again. Uh, too bad the pause could have been right there, huh? Anyway, uh, stories that should be reprinted. I'd say the uh, the Mackie Ramita Jr. run of Peter Parker Spider-Man between the Clone Saga and the reboot. Uh, I think most of us that have read it think it's pretty daggone good. Um, but... I would I would probably wait until after collecting the Clone Saga to collect that. So maybe they're still planning to do that since they're still working on the Clone Saga, which is another one that was a big thing that stood out. But they're finally taking care of that. Um, and over at DC, I think Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern stories really need to get into trades because uh, the popularity of Kyle Rayner has been pretty evident lately with how successful Green Lantern Corps was with him, and now. Since Kyle Rayner has moved to Green Lantern New Guardians, that book has replaced Green Lantern Corps in the rankings pretty much. So you can see how much people love the character. They need to reprint his stories because a lot of people still haven't read the classic stuff. To answer your question, which is not mine, uh, I think aren't there some Spider-Man UK stories out there that have yeah. never been reprinted? That yeah. would be cool. I mean, I'd love to read that stuff. Neat. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Also, oh, I just had a brain fart. They oh, had my a other couple qu- of uh, the UK reprints had like a big crossover with Spider-Girl that I've always wanted to read. Yeah. Exactly. Supposedly you know what else they, could do? they could do the uh, the Midnight Suns series from the 90s, like the Morbius and the Night Stalker stuff has never been reprinted, and that was some good stuff. Dude, I, I've yeah. wanted that for so long now. Because yeah. that, that, was, that was like one of the high points of the 90s. While everything else was literally falling to shit everywhere, Midnight yeah. Suns was, was crazy cool. I feel like they started collecting that Ghost Rider series and then just dropped it after one or two volumes. Yeah. Why don't they try to revive the Night Stalkers and put Ghost Rider on it and, and or well, Midnight Suns? This is a whole book. different issue to me is, to be honest, I feel like uh, it's obvious to me when I look at it that in comic form, Blade is much more successful on a team. Uh, because all of his team books have lasted longer than any of his solo books, but Marvel just keeps wanting to write a Blade book that is exactly like the movies, and that's not what 
comic book blade fundamentally is. You need to take the best parts of the movies and meld it with the best parts of the comics and give him his supporting cast backs. I think a Night Stalker's comic is the way to go, but they still want to just capitalize on the Blade name and do a Wesley yeah. Snipes comic book. Blade and the Night Stalkers. There you go. Hey, you, yeah. know what, Kevin? you know what, Kevin, though? Cause, and I bring this up because I know that you're a fan of the Marvel Dracula like I am. Yeah. Well, well the, the real Marvel one, Dracula, real yeah, not that jackass thing that they have now. <laughs> but the jackass thing that they have now is, is while I point out that while you and I are craving some kind of like return of Midnight Sun kind of action, this this regime might not be the best one to do it. That's a very good point. Yeah. You know? So, well, so, so we there. might we might actually be lucky, and let's just hope for some reprints. Real yeah. quick, quick on the while we're talking about reprints, I got a question for Zach. How many more Clone Saga trades do I got to buy? Zachary Joyner, yeah, join us the conversation. Zach, put the beer down and join the show. Unmute Zach. your ass. Zach, going once. Let's see if we get a question. Who were the Ben Riley writers? Who were the best Ben Riley writers? Zach, take it. Zach finally okay. made the IM window and says, "Sorry, guys." <laughs> All righty. And he'll be right back. Okay, he's passed out. George, what are your top five Spider-Man stories of all time? The ones that suck the five least. <laughs> no, Amazing um, Fantasy fifteen. I can't. No, I I can't really categorize them because like I, I'll have like favorite stories from different eras that I don't know that really hold up well enough to one another, or you know, you can't really judge them against one another. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Yes. No. Okay. I think so. so. I, I've never really thought about it that way. I I tend to like things with um, Doc Ock when he's not wearing a diaper. Um, I tend to like things like um, anything with the Hobgoblin in it from the '80s. Um, that was gold. Um, Sinister Six stuff I tend to like. Uh, just really more classic stuff. Um, things like the cl- all the clone crap. All the other stuff I don't really get into all that much. I just I I, I kind of. Do you have one of your favorite of all time, like an issue that you can name? Um. Mm, no, I, I I've never sat down and tried to think what my ultimate favorite is. I tell you, off the top of my head, I want to say Avenger or not Avengers, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Three with the Avengers and the Hulk in it. Oh, that's a good For one. years, that was just my all-time favorite story because you had Spider-Man kicking the crap out of the Avengers and going and kicking the crap out of the Hulk. <laughs> just from talking to you from over the years, I think Secret Wars number three is one of your favorite, too. Secret Wars number three that's... where he kicks the crap out of the... Yeah. I, 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 like, I like it when Spider-Man just throws himself into something and completely <laughs> schools everyone there and then is gone yeah. and everyone else is going, what WTF just happened? <laughs> you know? The Amazing Lensman, first post, and it's aimed at George. <laughs> George, I listen to the Crawlspace podcast without fail as soon as it's released. I really appreciate all of your insight into the current and past Spider-Man stories. You're an entertaining, no-nonsense kind of guy. Mostly, I find your gruffness amusing. I just want to raise a concern that makes me feel uncomfortable at times when ever subjects... Oh, uh, now he's going to go for you. Ever <laughs> subjects like political leanings or sexual orientation are brought up, your persona takes a darker tone, i.e. when you aired your concerns about the possibility of Miles Morales being gay and your feelings of people wearing hoodies or slackers. I hope you take this as constructive criticism from a listener who really appreciates your opinion and loves hearing you on the show. Regards, the amazing Lensman from Melbourne, Australia. I appreciate. Go, I, okay, I appreciate um, what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. Um, and hello to Australia. I, I've always liked Australia, and it's one of the few places, other countries that I actually want to go to someday because I think Australia is a lot like Texas. <coughs> but <clears throat> for me to water down anything, you're, you're not really going to enjoy the the uh, the amusing gruffness. Um, I don't. I, and, and here's let me say this right quick, and we talked a little bit about this before the podcast, before we started recording. I don't have a problem with like gay folks at all. When you go back and you listen to what I said about Miles Morales being gay, my big thing was that it was being done as a gimmick, you know, or or not that it was being done, but like at the time it was rumored to be, you know, the, I think the UK press was the one that ran it after some some of the artists had said, um, and I said, well, if they do that, it'll be a gimmick. And the fact that this guy is um, half black and what is he half um, half Latino Hispanic, Hispanic maybe right yeah 
Maybe. You know, it, that, that was a gimmick. They're, it felt like they were trying to shoehorn so many gimmicks and so many demographics into this one character. And so that, that, that was my big thing with it. Not that the character was going to be gay. I don't have a problem with the character being gay. You look back to Podcast 127 or something like that with the Hobgoblin. You know, and I said, you know, the Hobgoblin's probably gay. Hobgoblin's my favorite villain. He's probably gay. Guy wore an ascot. He was a fashion designer in the 80s. And I know JR disagrees, but he's wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, you have to listen to what I'm actually saying. I mean, not, don't just hear the tone of what I'm saying, but actually listen to what I'm saying. Because I think, like, if you if you think of me one way and then you hear me or something like that, like, if you know, like, like right now I'm, I'm talking about I don't have a problem with, with gay folks. And, and, you know, and I'm sure we'll get a comment, oh, is this George and this hippie gay rants again? You know, I mean, that's that's probably what I'll get. So uh, just listen to, you know, what I'm actually saying about something. Um, don't just listen to the tone, but listen, you know, to the actual words that are coming out of my mouth, uh, which is hard sometimes to talk really fast. Um, and just try not, I mean, try not to be offended. I mean, uh, free speech doesn't doesn't guarantee you the right to not be offended by somebody. And if, you know... There's people out there I love to offend me before, and I just I, you gotta let it roll off your shoulders. You know, like somebody says something you don't agree with, you know, just shrug your shoulders, keep going on. Iron Patriot from China. To all, have you read the Marvel Mythos one shots by Paul Jenkins and Paulo Rivera? Also, for fans of Mr. Rivera, I suggest checking out his website. I have not read those. I think they're like five bucks a pop. That's another reason why I didn't read them. Hmm. Anybody? Nope. Nope. No. No. BD, are there uh, Spider-Man moments that will choke you up every time. Mine have to be at the end of the first movie, where Spider-Man is swinging around the city with the Elfman music that I really love. Um, what chokes me up? Mary Jane saying I love you in the issue this month choked me up. I thought that was really sweet. Um, I, I don't know. Anytime he he is he has to. Oh, I mean, it's all the time where Spider-Man is. Uh, Pulled on that responsibility theme that from uh, letting his uncle down. That always pulls my heartstrings, uh, etc. Because, you know, we've all had a male father figure in our life that we love and don't want to disappoint. And, and this character is just going through his whole life trying to redo something that he screwed up and he was uh, unresponsible, etc. JR, what are your what's the best portrayal of Doc Ock in the comics? Well, first of all, I'm trying to wrap my head around the concept of Dark George. I mean, uh, <laughs> this, he's about to he's about to get me back just because I said he was wrong. <laughs> oh, I remember that conversation. I was quoting <laughs> Roger Stern. You know, I said, "Well, Roger Stern said he wasn't gay," and then George went, "Ascot, he were an ascot, ascot." Anyway, I'm trying to think of Dark George, but. Uh, what was the best portrayal of Doc Ock? Well, I've, I've always said my favorite portrayal has been um, the, uh, that epic story that Mantlo did in Spectacular when uh, he was in conflict with the Owl uh, for control of New York's... Uh, that was a good story. Right, you know, because he just seemed. I mean, I like, I like, I do like the master planner, Doc Ock. I really do like the uh, the guy who's got all these schemes and plans and, and things of that nature. But I just really, to me, that particular story in Spectacular kind of got the essence of Doc Ock as far as being an angry, bitter toady of a man who who can no longer, you know, he, he, he can no longer get what he wants. So if he can't get what he wants, he's just going to nuke everything. Uh, because I remember the kingpin said that you know of, of the two, the owl or octopus getting their hands on a nuclear device, he wasn't worried about the owl because he said the owl was just a petty criminal who's going to use it to blackmail he, the city. And he said, but he was afraid of Doctor Octopus because Doctor Octopus would use it. And so I just yeah. kind of liked that characterization of, of Doc Ock. Uh, and I also did like uh, the Tom DeFalco story where he was trying to find a cure for AIDS to uh, heal this one woman that he had an affection for. I, You know, unlike Norman, who I, I think Norman is just a bastard, and, I, and he doesn't have very much in the way of a core of decency, I think deep down, Doc Ock's got one. Um, but that still doesn't negate, negate the fact that he's a supervillain and a mad scientist and evil and things like that. But I th do think he's got a core of decency, and I think in rare occasions it'll come out. And I think DeFalco's story captured that. So I would say those two particular interpretations of Doc Ock are, are the ones that I think of as, as the best ones. 
Hey, JR, you know where that also uh, showed up? And, and you're right, because it makes him an interesting villain, but it was in Fantastic Four when uh, Sue and Reed had, were having their second kid, and uh-huh. Sue lost the baby, and Reed brought in you know, brought in uh, Otto because he was like a you know he was a, he was like a genius in radiation, mm-hmm. and he and he brought him in and and you know he was like okay you're a supervillain get over it and help me save my wife and the 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 humanitarian you know part that's somewhere in his soul that wanted to get into science to help better mankind actually you know applied himself to trying to help save their kid. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Burn Fantastic Four. Did you ever read that one, Jerry? No, I didn't. I, I mean, I knew that they consulted him, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to go look that one up and see if I can find it in the back issue bins. Um, because, uh, I think but, it's FF268, if I had to guess. I'm not sure. Okay. But it's around the 260. It was a really good um, one, yeah. And, you know, heading back to that trade question, I don't think that Doc Ock Mantlo story has ever been in trade. That would be a great one, I think. Yeah. Because you've mentioned that one several times, Jerry, and I, yeah. I agree. I well, love that well, one. It's I a great one too because Spider-Man is is really in that you can feel Spider-Man falling in love with Felicia. I mean, yeah. just the uh, agony when she gets shot up and then when he and then when she's in the hospital and they're having to well, they're basically having to to cut her open to save her and he's just he's agonizing the fact that they're cutting yeah. into her. I mean, it's it's really uh really powerful stuff. Uh, and and he just it, th- this is the, the this is the story where he just really falls in love with her. Uh, so that was a, another another positive aspect of that story. To Kevin, have you gotten into any of the pre two thousand five Doctor Who yet? I'm still on Tenet's second season. Uh, no, I've really got no interest in the uh, the pre Eskelson era. I mean, Doctor Who as a British senior citizen in the eighties just doesn't really <laughs> sound appealing to me. <laughs> Well, Tom, Tom Baker wasn't it. He wasn't. He was probably like in his like early forties, mid forties when he was Doctor Who. Yeah, but uh, maybe his I've, late thirties. I've gotten through season three of the current stuff, which is Tenant's second season, and um, I'm a little bit into Torchwood season two because I'm watching them concurrently. But I've I've I haven't gotten to catch up on that in a while because all the new fall shows have started. So I've had a constant Hulu queue of like twenty five things. I keep chipping one off, and another one comes back on. So. How much is Hulu a month, by the way? Uh, I just use the free service. Hulu Plus oh, okay. is uh, $7.99 a month, just like Netflix Instant. Oh. But you don't have to have Hulu Plus to watch like you know, your new shows and whatnot, but they expire. Oh, okay, that's cool. To George, what advice would you give to the new president of Zeta House? I'm guessing I should stock alcohol and bacon. Just show up. <laughs> 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 that's one thing the previous president had a problem with. He took off. Oh, wow. Wow. Greg XB. That was cold. I love it, though. Greg <laughs> XB from New York. Brad, how do you feel about Loki being the villain in the first Avengers flick? Happy, or would you prefer the villain who hasn't been in a movie yet? Uh, I'm I'm happy because that's the way it went down at Avengers number one. Loki is the reason the team got together. I think they're bringing in the scrolls. So what are they now, convince, condensing the first 80 issues of Avengers <laughs> into a movie? I mean, that's fine. Well, let's I, face it. Tom Hiddleston was a really fantastic Loki. Yeah, dude. It, Loki's a badass, I, and I, I think it's cool to have him go up against all the new, all the the heroes in one movie. Jr., who do you think is the more imposing villain, Khan, Noonien Singh, is it, yeah, or Norman Osborn? You know, I've been asked a variation of this question before, and it's always an interesting. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's always an interesting one uh, because I, I like both villains because there yeah. are a lot of similarities between them, and it kind of depends on what you think about. You know what you mean by both most imposing. I mean, both of them, for example, are are very charismatic people. Uh, both of them are wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, they can appear to be a, a nice, charming, charismatic person, and then then and then turn into a monster. Uh, you know, on a on a moment's notice. Uh, how, and both can also be undone by, by their egos and their un, unfortunate ability to underestimate their opponent. I would say though that. You know, Khan. Also, Khan has an honor. I think that Norman does not have. But I think, and I think Khan is the most imposing villain because I don't think Khan has Norman's demons. Uh, I mean, other than you know, at the end of Star Trek II, he was pretty well out of his mind with grief and, and everything like that. I think Khan is the most dangerous one because Norman is kind of you know buffeted and torn apart by his demons, and and sometimes whether or not he he um, you know. Uh, 
I don't want to say whether he's doing the right thing. That's not quite what I'm saying. But I think Norman can be self-conflicted in ways that Khan can't be. I mean, I think Khan is dangerous because he is so certain of his right his superiority and his destiny as far as leading humanity that that makes him dangerous even more dangerous because he is just that much more self-assured and arrogant I think a variation of the question is who what villain do you like better oh. well that's like picking between that's like picking between your kids <laughs> I, <laughs> like I, I, choice. I, re, I, rely, I, re, I like I personally I like Norman better because he is tortured and conflicted more so than yeah. Khan. But, you know, Khan is played by Ricardo Montalban. I mean, how could you not like that character? No doubt. I'm, no I, doubt. Which just, you know, which, which makes me, you know, not particularly anxious to see them redo that character because I really don't know that anybody could do it. But, right. um, but anyway, so. Kevin, if you could pick, uh, if you had your pick of any character, real or fictional, to portray on stage or screen, who would it be? Can you imagine a broader question than that? <laughs> any person that's ever lived, or any character that's ever been created? Um, <laughs> wait, wait, Kevin, are you saying you want to play abroad? Is that what you just said? Exactly. That, that was exactly what I said. He wants to play with abroad. Uh, Which is Dr. Frankenfurter <laughs> from Rocky Horror. Well, I'll give you two fictional. Um, Iago. He's from... He's playing Khan and Norman Osborn. No. Yeah, clearly, because <laughs> I, I want to piss off J.R. as often as possible. Uh, <laughs> Iago, Iago the parrot from Aladdin? Iago from Othello. Um, oh. Well. And the true, the, tr the true fantasy that I would have to be, you know, unrealistically buff to play <laughs> would be Nightwing. Um, I'd have to, yeah, train for like five to ten years to be able to pull that off. Uh, real, real people... Uh, I would definitely play Brad Douglas in the Brad Douglas story, uh, or in um, the eventual movie that will be made about this regime of Marvel Comics. I think I would be the perfect Steve Wacker. Wow. Either way, no, that's too. I'm not going to put that in the show. But I'll I'll say it to you now. If you play Nightwing or Wacker, I can call you Dick in both episodes. <laughs> I was going to say that kind of pathos is an actor's dream. Wow. Maybe I'll put it in. I don't know. Uh, George, John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? Um, I like both, but uh, John Wayne, because damn. Damn. Zach, what are your hopes for the new Scarlet Spider series? Wow, he had the same answer for the previous question. <laughs> Bertoni, maybe we can call him Dick, too. Uh, Bertoni Beetle, <laughs> Newport Ritchie, Florida. I'm at work slaving away while you're reading this. this well, hell, this is Bertoni. Why did I put this together? Did you not get that when you read the name? <laughs> no, no, I was still thinking, man, I wish Zach would pick up, and I just called him a dick on here. Uh, Bertoni, I'm at work slaving away while you're reading this, so send me well wishes and a raise. Done. What should the last panel of the very last Spider comic be? I've got it. I've got it. Him, a, a recreation of Amazing Fantasy 15, of him walking with the moon behind him, and a little girl and a redhead walking with them. That's perfect. You like that? Yeah. yeah I like that's yeah. that's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I've got one um, that I thought about. Uh, the preface would be um, uh, the preface would be his son uh, getting in a fight at school, and because somebody said something bad about somebody else, you know, he came to their defense and he clean, you know. And Peter has to come pick him up, you know, and, and uh, the very last panel would be the, the two of them walking away. I guess their backs to the to the, the, the viewer, the reader and Peter with his arm around his son saying, son, let me tell you something that a wise old man told me once about power and responsibility. Ooh, that'd be good, too. So. Or my, my caption could be now I've got a new set of responsibilities or something. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, very good question. Kevin or uh, uh, George, you got one? I don't, I don't have a specific thing, but I feel like at the end of the very last Spider-Man comic, he dies. Really? Uh, I think he dies selflessly saving the entire effing world. <laughs> I like Brad's better. Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get Kevin a puppy. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> a puppy named Sunshine. <laughs> oh, Sunshine Day. Donna Mark, I'm sorry, I'm singing. I've got Greg Brady on the mind. You know why? Because he was at my television station this past week, and he's opening a show in Branson called The Brady Bunch. 
A brunch, B-R-U-N-C-H. So at 10 a.m. you can go down to Branson and you can eat brunch with Greg Brady. And uh, he's opening in the yak off my Schmirnoff, uh theater. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so if, a little plug for Brady brunch. Uh, Donald Mark, wow. most random thing. <laughs> That's why I was singing Brady Bunch. Uh, Donald Mark, Nashville, Tennessee, to JR. What do you like best about Mr. Spock? What makes him your favorite character? Oh my God, that's a deeply personal question. Uh, uh, we, it's logical too. <laughs> we have to we have to dig into the re- dark recesses of my childhood. Um, well, first of all, he's the patron saint of nerds. I mean, uh, oh yeah, yep. you know, even Bill Gates has acknowledged the influence of Mister Spock by showing up at a shareholders meeting years ago dressed as the character. Um, I think, I think it, it's Spock. I'll try to answer it simply, uh, simply as I can. Even though I like macho heroes, I, I love Clint Eastwood. You know, I love heroes that kick ass. But I love the fact. I always liked the fact that Spock's strength was his intellect. I mean, Spock could kick your ass, but that wasn't his preferred <laughs> method. You know, I mean, well, yeah, he could pinch, you, he could pinch yeah. your brain. I mean, look how how many times he tossed Captain Kirk all over the place. You know, and yeah. uh, but but his strength was his intellect. And when you're a skinny nerd. You know, you know somebody whose primary strength is their intellect is 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 very appealing. Um, also, you know, Spock was always in emotion, was always in conflict with himself, and I think everybody, you know, uh, you know, particularly when you're a teenager, or, or even in. Now, even as you get older, everybody to some degree is in conflict with themselves. Everyone to some degree at some time in their life feels like they are the outsider, like they do not belong. Uh, and in a way, when, you know, when uh, when Kirk at the end of Star Trek Two, when Kirk eulogizes Spock and says of all the souls I've encountered, his was the most human. He's absolutely right. Um, there's a lot of Spock in all of us. I mean, because we've all felt like he has in a particular situation. Um, so it's, it's, you know, those, I, I guess in a nutshell, I mean, I could go on and on, but I won't, but in a nutshell, those are some of the primary reasons why I've always been attracted to that character. To Brad and George, going back in time to your days before Amazing Spider-Man 289, was there anyone else who could, you see Peter marrying besides Mary Jane, even characters from other books? Gwen Stacy, I mean, is the obvious answer. Yeah, I don't think you know what if Gwen Stacy hadn't gotten killed, I don't think Gwen Stacy I don't think that would last it. Because I mean Gwen was I mean I like Gwen Gwen what is who's heavy breathing? It's probably me. Is that that Zach getting excited because I'm talking about Gwen Stacy? He's like, oh Gwen (laughs) Um, Shut up. I have allergies. Leave me alone. (laughs) No, um I, I don't think it would have been Gwen. Um maybe no, not. You can't see Felicia because you know, I always remember that panel of them at the dinner table with all the little black cats and Spider-Mans running around them. Well, when it when it comes to you know people who actually love him, you know, and, and love Peter Parker and not not um not uh I can't I can't think right now because I'm here in like I'm here in a lunch buffet. <laughs> <laughs> People who actually, you know, like women who actually loved him and not, not Spider-Man. Um, God, I can't even say it's Betty. I don't know. Zach, mute your microphone. God, man, stop! <laughs> like Zach, you hear everything that's happening. Stop! Mute your microphone. God, if, if you ever take this phone to the can, I'm hanging up. On I your did have it muted. Well, I had it muted. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. <sighs> Zach was gone for like 20 minutes. There were no audio problems. As soon as he gets back, oh, hey, hey. Good thing you didn't have chili. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. People want their beer. Today, literally. Oh, shut okay. up, George. Lord have right. mercy. Uh, I, I, Gwen Stacy's my answer. I, I can't. I, like Deb you Whitman, really think, no. You really think? Oh no, God, Deb. You really think he was going to marry Gwen Stacy? You think he would have been happy with Gwen Stacy? Pre one twenty one around that area, yeah. But the era I grew up in was Mary Jane. So, as far as my theory well, of him yeah. ever marrying someone was Mary Jane. So she I have to think. Spider-Man. Uh, how can you marry somebody and not be able to tell them that you're you're Spider Man? Well, look at the House of M miniseries. Jr. Yeah, that, that was a completely separate 
circle. I know, but you could he eventually hold the character weird. there. JR, would you please step in and tell Brad how screwed up he is? <laughs> well, I think that's his wife's responsibility. Um, oh. You know, but uh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't see a Marion Gwen Stacy. I, I don't see I Gwen, don't either, but... particularly the way that she eventually was was written there and from issue sixty on. I, I just don't think she had the 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 um, mental fortitude to uh, to be able to um, you know endure you know being married to somebody like Peter Parker. I didn't Who besides Mary I, I Jane did, is there, Jr. Huh? Who besides Mary Jane then? Well, see, th- this is there. I, I was gonna. Uh, there's an entire well, series that had to be you, Mary Jane. Nobody else. Well, right. Well, the thing is, though, there's there's what would what would be a good dramatic character, and what if, if this was a real person? Who would? What kind of wife would he need? Mary Jane, as far as a dramatic character, is has, in my opinion, is by far the best. Uh, because, you know, she's intelligent. Uh, she's willing to tell him what she thinks. Uh, she, she's kind of, she, and when she's portrayed, she's in a way an opposite of him where he's so serious. When Mary Jane's done right, she can be that, you know, very flighty, goofy kind of person to help kind of take the edge off Peter's seriousness. But if Peter were a real person, he, I think he would need somebody like a Deb Whitman. Someone who would take care of him, someone who would want to take care of him, someone who would keep his clothes clean, his starch short, his short starched, and make it keep him well fed, almost like a as gross as this sounds, almost like a young Aunt May. You know, Peter needs oh. somebody to take care of him. So if he were a real person, I, I mean, I think Deb Whitman would have been a character who would have loved to have taken care of him. But as far as a dramatic character, no, Deb would have been a very poor dramatic choice. Uh, last question, George. You answer the George. You answer this one. Everyone's in a dance off. Who wins? Um, I do. Why? Because I'm awesome. Well, I thought there'd be more creativity to your answer. Okay. No, uh, I mean, how much more? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I thought we were trying to actually come up with. Okay, Jr. is gonna Jr. is gonna like be out quick. Because <laughs> right, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love Jr. But number one, I don't think he can dance. And number two, he's what eighty. All right. Oh. <laughs> Hey, you've never seen me go dance to a Steppenwolf's Born to Be Wild, now, have you? And I oh, hope yeah. I never do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach, Zach, Zach is probably going to jump around like a spastic Muppet and knock himself out. Um, you know, Brad, I mean, you and I are kind of middle of the pack, but, yeah. uh, I mean, we're also kind of tubby, so, yeah, we're not going to win. Um, that leaves Kevin. That leaves Kevin as the last man standing. Oh wow, Kevin, you won. He's uh, he's not even here to to reap that. He's uh, he's out. Uh, he did. He's taking a tinkle. Oh okay. My gosh, there's a lot of peeing going on in the show. I had two, uh, I had two Route 44 Diet Cokes before I came on the show, Brad. And we'll wrap up this episode right about there. We have one more show coming out this month. Before we go, I want to give another plug to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. The Spider Example is on the Spider-Man Next Chapter trade paperback, Volume 2. This one continues to reprint the Mackie and Burn 1999 reboot. This one collects Amazing Volume 2, numbers 7 to 12, and Peter Parker Volume 2, 7 to 12. Now, there are some actually pros to this book. I know it gets a hard time, but uh, I think Venom joins the Sinister Six, and it has some beautiful John Romita Jr. artwork. See, that's a, that's a plus. Anyway, the cover price, 40 bucks. Mail order has it for just $24.79, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at their new website, mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.